Well, welcome back to I'm Glad I Heard That. You'll notice I'm not Dave and I'm not Eric, but we have heard from you that your wives are listening too. So we decided to combine the Gather podcast and the I'm Glad I Heard That podcast into one and focus our efforts there. So today I'm so happy to have Harry here. We're going to go through the seasons of life together and talk about what wisdom he has to share with us about those seasons. Well, I'm excited to interview Harry Krubsky today. He's been a friend and mentor of Joe and I's for decades now. We've done ministry for about 26 years now. We went to a marriage conference about that long ago, and that was an amazing time with him and Chris. And he is the marriage and family uh, director here at Faith and has been for, for decades. And we're excited to hear a little bit about his wisdom for families today. So Harry, introduce your family to us. My family, my little clan is 19 strong now. Uh, My wife, Chris, we've been married for 50 years. We have three married children, Jason, Jamie, and Justin. And Jason married Linnea, Jamie married Jeff, Justin married Jenny, and Linnea felt like an outcast with her name, but she kept it. And we have uh, 11 grandchildren from ages 18 on down to eight. And um, we're thankful for that. They're all in the area. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to be here at Faith for 40 years. And prior to that, I taught for 10 years. So I'm pushing a 50-year milestone. But um, thank God I get to do ministry here. And thank God I get to be with Joe and Autumn and the church here at Faith. Yeah, that's an amazing legacy. Think about all those, those families that you're touching here and then in your own family. So I want to start with dating. So you've got grandkids that are dating now. Mm-hmm. So what wisdom would you share with them? Or do you share um, with them? If, with my grandchildren, if you uh, went to my grandchildren, especially my granddaughters, uh, Kate, who is a sophomore in high school, and Lauren, oh no, Kate's a junior, and Lauren's a sophomore, um, and you ask them, uh, what does Poppy say about dating and marriage? The first thing they say about marriage is this, that if they get married, they want to choose wisely and then act kindly uh, the rest of their married life. And I borrowed that from Dr. Laura Schlesinger many decades ago. I heard that on the phone call. <clears throat> and so whenever we get together and we talk about serious stuff, uh, they, they respond very quickly that when they date, when they date towards marriage, okay, um, honestly, if, if they would talk to me about dating, mm-hmm. dating in general, um, I just encourage them to uh, have fun. And I tell them to set uh, boundaries Uh, boundaries because the problem with boundaries is you always break them and so you have to set tight boundaries on how you want to do life Um, so if I'm driving on 16 mile road and the speed limit is 50 I usually don't drive 40 I'll probably drive 55 and so I tell them with their personal boundaries to stay strong in them and um, I I can tell you this that I encourage them and I tell them that I I pray for them Uh, that's part of my prayer life uh, that God is going to guide their life because uh, I know that who they choose for a lifetime mm-hmm. really matters. But in the meantime, I just want them to enjoy life and have fun and meet different people. Yeah, you learn a lot when you meet different people. Yeah. So um, you grow as an individual and um, 
yeah, I think that that's wise. Joe and I always talk about monogamous dating, and so like we're dating one at a time, but we're seeing is this somebody we could spend the rest of our lives with. Mm-hmm. And, and um, the point is to find that. The dating is, is to learn and grow, but it's also to see, okay, is this somebody God wants me to be with or not? Yeah. Awesome. All right. So what about newly married couples? You are interviewing and, and working with my son right now and getting him ready to get married this summer. What what do you say to newly married couples? Well, what do I say to newly married couples? I um, <clears throat> Autumn knows that the premarital class expanded out to 11 weeks. And um, so I had about an hour and a half with each session. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot I like to say to married couples. But um, I think at the very, very, very top of the list, is that they uh, learn how they forgive, how their partner forgives. Um, I think the most important thing is to be able to find a way to have a clean slate. Um, I look at Chris and I. Uh, Chris is kind of a a crockpot forgiver, and I'm a microwave forgiver. Mm -hmm. And so I always want to start over quickly. Uh, She needs to process stuff. Uh, 50 years of marriage has taught me that. But for them to learn how does their partner forgive, how do they forgive, Um, because I think one of the most important things is the reality that when stuff happens that you can have a clean start. So that's one of the things I really want them to learn. The other thing I want them to learn is to um, guard what I call emotional safety, because I think when they're getting married, uh, they're marrying the person that they feel safe with, Mm -hmm. they feel close to. Um, um, they're willing to share things, but what can happen in a marriage uh, when stuff happens, uh, all of a sudden you start putting up walls, uh, you're not going to go there, you're not going to talk about it, and when that begins to happen, uh, when people sit in my office and they tell me they have a communication problem, it's, they don't have a problem talking. If you separate them, he can talk, she can talk, put them in the room, there's a boundary, and that's because stuff has happened and there's a wall up. And only the person who put the wall up can take it down. And so to protect emotional safety, because you're only going to share what you feel safe in sharing. So that'd be, yeah. you know, very, sure. very high on the list. And, and you were telling me when we met to kind of talk through some things related to the talking today was um, how you and Chris learned that in the beginning about commitment and and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Autumn just used the word commitment. <clears throat> when Chris and I first got married, and um, I, I always tell couples that, <clears throat> that no matter what we kind of look like as, as church leaders, uh, we're very human, and we have walked as two sinful people. Uh, but two people learn how to forgive. But in the beginning, it wasn't that well, that didn't go that well. After my, um, we, we actually got married when I was in college. Uh, that went great that first year. Uh, the second year I started my career, and once I got into my career, I was a teacher in Flint, and I was also the youth minister in Flint, and some of the guys in Flint found out I liked to fish, so I got into fishing up there. Uh, they f- showed me a lake 20 minutes from where we were living, mm-hmm. and then I got invited to be a substitute for the bowling league on Monday nights. And so between being a new teacher with classroom preparations and student ministry and all the other stuff, Mm -hmm. um, Chris began to fall down on what I call the totem pole of my life. She felt very strongly that there's a whole lot of things that replaced her. Um, Things got pretty bad between us. And when your mother-in-law gives you a book on marriage for Christmas, you know there's been conversations, stuff's happening. She gave us a book. it was called The Christian Family by Larry Christensen. Uh, 
It was one of the first books probably ever written, mm -hmm. just down on a practical level in like 72, 73 mm -hmm. for people. Yeah. And what he talked about in that book was commitment. Chris and I did make a commitment because um, things were tense. I'd go fishing, she'd go see her mother. Um, I'd go do this, she'd go do that. Right. And um, so by reading the book, and we vowed to read a few pages a night, Larry Christensen was talking about this mm -hmm. idea of the type of love that Jesus talked about, which was a love of commitment, mm -hmm. not a 50-50 relationship. And um, from that, we went to see our pastor because we realized we needed more than just a book was given us. And it was extremely hard for me to step into an office, especially with sure. my boss. Sure. And, um, but I'm thankful we did it. So I always have a great empathy for any person mm -hmm. who opens up their life to somebody else, comes in the office, what that feels like. But um, after he met with Chris and I together separately, um, he pulled me aside one day from teaching and he said, Harry, I just want to tell you what I think you need to do. Mm -hmm. And he told me to give up fishing, uh, give up bowling, uh, rework my work schedule, and uh, let Chris begin to see that she actually mattered to me, mm -hmm. that I was committed in a way that was dedicated to her happiness, not just mine. And um, it took Chris probably about two years to actually believe it. It wasn't like an overnight trans transition. When he asked me to do that stuff, I felt, what kind of life am I going to have? Right. You know? If, if we feel entitled up, to our... What am I going to do, yeah. stare at the wall? Right. You know? But yeah. it was funny what happened at... Um, when I took the teaching position at Lutheran High North, we had left Flintno. Mm -hmm. uh, that first Christmas, underneath the Christmas tree was a card. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to open it. When I opened it, and there was a gift certificate to get a fishing motor. So I knew that, ah. you know, she knew what I needed. And so, you know, in marriage, there's commitment. It was a friendship, but there's also meeting each other's needs. And um, it's amazing when you dedicate to something mm -hmm. and the other person is dedicated to the same thing, uh, what two hearts can do. Yeah, I think they'll so, be generous. Yeah. yeah. So sure. I want to tell newlywed mm -hmm. couples, if you hit the wall, don't mean it's over. <laughs> you hit the wall, there's a lot of help available. Mm -hmm. You know, God Just wants, take it. you yeah. know what I always tell people is this, that what you want for your marriage is what God wants. Mm -hmm. If you want to make it better, you're actually, and you got your Heavenly Father mm -hmm. wants to help you. Yeah. And if my kids ask me to help them on something that's good for them, they get anything I can give them, and I'm just a dad. Mm -hmm. And your Heavenly Father definitely wants to give you what you need. That is so good about commitment. But also, I want to circle back to where you said that you are a microwave forgiver. Yes. And Chris is a crockpot mm -hmm. forgiver. Can you tell us a little more about that and also how you found that out? Well, how I, how I found it out was my approach was as soon as something bad happened, you know, I wanted to hug her, tell her I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't right. mean to say that. And uh, she would not accept it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, in my mind, you know what you begin to do then? You know, what's wrong with you? I'm ready to forgive what's wrong with you. And, Especially um, as a Christian, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And the reality is, you know, her heart needs to, And so what I learned was, and even now, okay, after 50 years of marriage, I still want to fix it right away. But... Um, if I can tell a story. Yeah. Okay, this is a true story. Um, you gotta have a teenage daughter, mother. Mm -hmm. They have a fight. Dad comes in the house, that's me. I walk in the door. Mom's furious. Okay, daughter's nowhere to be found. Okay, mom tells me the story, and I didn't get upset. Okay, 
Now, as soon as she saw my face, right. I knew I was in trouble <laughs> because she felt I was taking Jamie's side. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't want to do that. Um, so when Chris, when Chris gets angry, she gets real angry. Okay, mm -hmm. and so to, to cool off, she went downstairs to iron clothes. All right. This is I'm why a, I like Chris for an hour. I'm in the family room, okay? <laughs> what, what's happening in the right. house right now? Right. Kids have scattered. Uh -huh. right, they're upstairs. They don't want to come near mom or dad, especially the daughter. And uh, so dad's sitting in the family room thinking, what can I do now? So I went downstairs, and I have done this periodically over a marriage. I um, crawled on my knees into the laundry room mm -hmm. and asked Chris if she could forgive me. And what she did was her response and this is the learning process, she held up the iron and said, if you come any closer, I'll burn you. Oh, no. Now, we have not had abuse in our house, okay? But I could see fire in her eyes. <laughs> and so I, I retreated back upstairs. She stayed downstairs. And what I did then was, I, um, what can I do now? Because uh, the night's passing on and things are not good. So I took a, a white garbage bag and I wrote on the garbage bag, um, I am sorry, please forgive me. And I hung it on the basement door so that when she would come up, maybe this is another attempt to break the, the, the thing, okay? But what I actually learned that night was this, that while she's still working through the process mm -hmm. um, to pray, mm -hmm. and that's that verse in the book of James, you know, pray for one another yep. so you can be healed. Yeah. And so what Chris and I really learned that night was while she's working through it, I know she, she doesn't want things to be bad, either do I. Mm -hmm. You know, we both care about the same stuff. And so I've learned to be praying, you know, it's not the kind of prayer where we say, Lord, uh, teach that woman something with you right now. It's more the kind of prayer, Lord, you know, take her heart, take my heart, help us come back together. Mm -hmm. It was that particular night she came up the steps and she went stomping into the kitchen. I'm sitting in the family room, I had full view of her. And there wasn't any change. And I said, Chris, I said, didn't you see it? And then she said, see what? And I pointed at the door and she walked over and looked at it and she broke into a smile. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what that taught me was this, okay, you be patient, okay, work through it. Mm -hmm. um, you can try different approaches. Um, but the most important thing I think I learned was to pray during that time because she's gonna process it. Mm -hmm. Both of us care about the same thing. Yeah. You know, and the hard part is sometimes to believe it when that process is going on. Because in the early years of our marriage, you know, her processing could take a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yep. And that'd be really hard for me as a church worker to show up while things were bad in my house. Yeah. Okay? Right. But, um, you know, thank God we've learned that. But I just, encourage, you know, because I don't think any marriage can survive if we can't forgive as okay. God in Christ has forgiven us. And that, that's the challenge. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think our nervous systems are different too. You know, some people, they shut down mm -hmm. when they're challenged and they, they freeze or they flee and some people fight. Right. And so if you find out and you can feel guilty for fighting, you can feel guilty for freezing and, and fleeing. And um, I can say for us, we've had to figure out that dance too. So. Yeah. Same. And then if you just kind of know, like you said, you trust that both people are in it mm -hmm. and they have that commitment and they've seen that, then you can come back to it. That's so good. So, right. Um, how about, 
how do you, we just talked about the wilderness a little bit. Any other wisdom for the wilderness years where they're raising a family and building a career and it just feels like everything bad looks like a country song sometimes? Those years. Those years. <clears throat> you know, um, but when Autumn and I have talked about marriage, you know, the reality is um, every season of marriage has its own challenges. Mm -hmm. Right, so you have those early years with just the two of you doing life together, and then you know maybe if children enter the picture, yeah, right, preschool children. Um, you hit you hit those uh, teenage years, you know, as a couple. Um, for a lot of guys, that's the toughest years, and uh, the wilderness can be really bad during those years for a lot of couples because if they haven't dealt with their relationship in those preschool years, in school years, mm -hmm. and instead what they did, they found their own personal lives during those times. Yep. Um, what can happen uh, for a lot of guys, that's when they really want their wife's attention and affection, mm -hmm. but the wife has learned to find that nurturing in her friendships and in her life. And walls can be so strong, mm -hmm. you know, and so it can be a, a very, very tough period of life. And again, that's the time where there's help available. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, there's a song out right now called Help Is On The Way. Mm -hmm. I love that song. That's the, Toby Mac, you know, right? Yeah, I yeah. love that song. Help Is On The Way. And, the, the, you know, so it begins to happen, I would hope for us as Christians, whatever the wilderness, it could be life experience, it could be mm -hmm. finances, it could be uh, illness. Mm -hmm. You know, it just seemed like the period where you, you know, it's that old saying, you know, um, it's like Friday, it's Good Friday, mm -hmm. but how can you hold on to the belief that Sunday's coming? Yeah. Because you're living on Saturday, right? The wilderness is that Saturday experience of life. And um, <clears throat> I think what you, you know, for me personally, okay, is first I want to believe that nothing can ever change that Jesus died on Calvary and they rose from the grave. Nothing's ever going to change that. Yep. And if that's true, then the promise that he's with us is true. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in wilderness periods, I think your personal spiritual relationship with God, mm -hmm. to pay attention to it, to find avenues that enhance it, right? Uh, what, what touches your heart brings you back to God personally. Yeah. And then um, Autumn actually shared a devotion with our adult ministry team um, during COVID. Mm -hmm. She took us into Jeremiah where it says, I have plans for you. And when I think of Jeremiah's life, he was actually asked by God, even though they were going to go into captivity and he himself would never return, yeah. uh, he was asked by God to buy property to invest in the future. And that verse, I have plans for you, gave to, it gives to people all kinds of hope. Yeah. But after in that verse, that same verse, it says, um, you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Yeah. So again, if I have one or two people in the wilderness that do that, mm -hmm. okay, I do believe God can keep giving you uh, pictures of hope before you see final outcome. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and then what I want people to do in wilderness experience is to listen very carefully to their self-talk. Because in the book of Proverbs, it says, above all else, guard your heart, 
because it is the wellspring of life. Absolutely. And so the most important conversation you have when you're in the wilderness is with God and with yourself. Listen to your self-talk. Mm -hmm. Are you saying what God would want you to be saying about life at this time? Because that will affect your emotions, which is going to affect your behavior. Mm -hmm. So guard your heart, guard your self-talk, because uh, that's the wellspring of life when you're in the wilderness. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So it's easy to say that stuff. Right? Hard to do. It's hard, right? And that's why I think, you know, being part of the Christian church, having Christian friends who can take you back mm -hmm. to that thinking, right? Who can be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Not in a judgmental way, but in a way to just encourage you during that time so you're not alone. Yeah, because yeah, I think you and I can both say we've been in wildernesses that we never thought we'd come out of, but mm -hmm. we have. That's right. You know, so when you think about that, you can you have the years and you can say to somebody like this most likely, <laughs> most yeah. likely will mm -hmm. pass. But yeah. overcoming it is definitely guarding your thoughts and mm -hmm. spending time with God and being strengthened. Yeah. King David went away and was strengthened in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, so what does that look like? I want more information. When they say things like that, like, oh, yeah. tell me more about what yeah. that looked like. But, you know, an illustration I've used with yeah. people during the wilderness, mm -hmm. Let, let's say, um, you know, you have a gal um, or, or a man whose spouse has committed adultery, but yet they want to try to rebuild, they really want to rebuild their marriage. It's one of the hardest things, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. There is so much to work through. And what I tell them is, you know, I'm a boater. Okay, and to be on Lake St. Clair in a 14-foot boat, six miles from shore, with a storm all around me, you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yep. And when all that stuff comes down on you in the wilderness, you feel that. Yep. Okay? But the reality is, and this is what is so miraculous, is God will take you to a point where you're going to be on the shore and you're going to see the storm but you don't have the same emotions. Mm -hmm. and, but that takes time, it's a healing process, but God can get you back to that shore, mm -hmm. okay? Yep. Um, he's done that, I've seen him do that for people here in our church, Absolutely. you know, going through crisis, you know. Mm -hmm. But he can get you to the shore. Is, you're gonna have memory, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We don't want amnesia, we don't want Alzheimer's. <laughs> no. So you're gonna have memories, and so when those triggers come back, um, you're gonna know you're on the shore. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about was traits of a healthy family, and um, and what what have you used in your family as you've read books sure. and research on traits okay. of a healthy family? Yeah. Um, when I started family ministry here at Faith, um, mm -hmm. a lady by the name of Dolores Curran did the first research project on what they call traits of healthy families, mm -hmm. and she uh, wrote a book. I heard her talk. She's like Norma Bombeck. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great book, 15 Traits of Healthy Families. And um, so she started a process, okay? But anyways, what, what she was looking at is not like the perfect family. She was actually looking for what are the traits that help families handle the stresses of life the best. Uh, the one that, um, it, it's, it sounds so simplistic, but when you think of it, it's so real. Mm -hmm. Okay, how does, what can help a family handle the stresses of life? And one of the things you find in all the research is um, a sense of tradition. Mm -hmm. that, that there are certain traditions that the family has developed and holds on to, mm -hmm. and they keep practicing. 
And uh, when I look at the traits, um, and I think um, for us as Christians, you know, when you look at research, I've never seen anything that's really good for people that isn't already in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I mean, you know, Scott, Scott Stanley, leading yeah. researcher, says the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so you, if you look at the Old Testament, you look how God ordered the life of the Jewish people around the festivals, mm -hmm. the traditions that developed from Sabbath to um, to Passover. You know I mean, mm -hmm. so anyways, uh, traits of healthy families. One of the ones that my wife has really been instrumental is Christmas. Mm -hmm. You know, and the different families have different traditions. And uh, her tradition was to start Christmas at Thanksgiving. And so she'd hang the stockings up and the kids would come in from school and they never knew from Thanksgiving to Christmas when there'd be something in their stocking. And so they'd feel their stocking. And the neat thing was when our kids got married before they had children, we had their stockings up still in our condo. Uh -huh. They'd come in as married kids and they'd feel their stocking. And what's kind of neat is all of our kids have kind of picked up a tradition in their own families mm -hmm. you know, to do that. And what a tradition does, there's something about it just makes life feel different. It feels okay at that moment. Yeah. It helps you handle the stress. So I just encourage families, you know, to they find stuff that works for them. Yeah, it gives you community and gives you, yeah, that, that peace that there's joy in, mm -hmm. in those rhythms, it's yeah. so good. And it, yeah. it just binds you together because it's yours. Mm -hmm. You know, that family tradition is unique yeah. to the Krupski family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're in the grandparent season. In the grandparent season, strong. Uh-huh, and. They're, they're starting to college now. And, so yeah. It, you know, so yeah, we're strong in growing grandparenting. So what's great about the grandparent season? What is great about the grandkids? Um, you know, first of all, uh, Chris and I have had a special blessing that they actually live in the area. Because mm -hmm. I know a lot of grandparents don't have that, okay? Absolutely. But um, the, the thing that Chris and I talk a lot about is we actually have time to look back and enjoy them. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when you're raising your kids, you're in the midst of that chaos, you don't appreciate the uniqueness of each one. Mm -hmm. And probably, you know, looking at the 11 we have, you, we, we can see that uniqueness, you know, their giftedness, how different they are, how special they are. And obviously the challenge is how do you make each one feel special. that they're your favorite? Yeah. They are each individually oh, yeah. your favorite. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, yeah. I mean, my wife, her thing is, and what she's really good at is uh, staying in contact with them. Mm -hmm. And so um, she used to have these sleepovers. And, you know, you get, I don't care if it's five or eight in that house sleeping over mm -hmm. in those early years. Um, I was the one that was always trying to fight it. But the more she did it, and now at their ages, just to see, you know, how do you stay connected to those kids? Now, for us, it was the sleepovers. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it's the holidays, it's the birthdays, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we, Grandma loves to splurge on them, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of food and just let them know they're special. So we, we look for ways to connect. Mm -hmm. And what we have found as the kids are growing, the best way to connect is to connect in what they like to do, what they're doing in their life, go to them, yep. go to their places, um, calendarize the events, you know, and so we've worked very hard on the connecting side. 
Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, um, our prayers for them. You know, we ask them what to pray for. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'll, I'll mention her name. Little Caroline is graduating from Trinity this year, and mm-hmm. she's going to Lutheran and Northwest. And she told me, you know, she's scared. Yeah. And to be able to tell her that, that Poppy's going to pray for her, mm-hmm. and I do. Mm-hmm. You know, praying that God will guide that. And you know, you watch your kids what they go through, and um, you think back to your high school days. Mm-hmm. You know what that first day of high school is like, and but anyway, so we have been able to really enjoy the kids and you know yeah, try I think to that take goes them right yeah. into like bringing Jesus into right. your family. So yeah. and you praying for them. There's nothing oh, yeah. connect you more than praying for them and then circling back and asking, yeah, yeah, how did that go? Right. One of the hardest challenges to keep telling yourself they're not our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have their parents. You know, they're closer to their parents. They should be. Right. Um, and the other thing I can't do is I can't drag them all fishing because they don't all like fishing. Right. right. And to let the ones that like to fish, fish, mm-hmm. the ones who don't like to fish, love them just as much and enjoy their life. And Yeah. yeah. And I heard you took one one group of kids on to a play, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we had yeah. a great time. Um, and it was Chris's idea to thank God mm-hmm. for what she does. Um, she thought, let's take the girls out. Girls. You're always doing stuff with the boys. Take That's the girls right. out. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me as a grandpa. To, mm-hmm. It was hard for me to connect with my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but so what we did is we took the, the girls to a Christmas play. Mm-hmm. Had dinner, went to a Christmas play. Um, at the Christmas play, they had those raffles. And by God's grace, we won a raffle that night. So the kids all got something special. Yeah. So, you know, you thank God we give special blessings like that. Yeah. Well, you touched on something. I'm, I'm going to change gears. You said sometimes connecting with the opposite sex child is difficult because you naturally just have things to do sometimes. Yeah. So the guys might want to fish. The girls might want to shop, you know, traditional. Mm-hmm. Not all kids are traditional that way, but it happens. It's natural. And um, I just love that that you're intentional to think about what the kids would like. Yeah, I think the most important thing mm-hmm. is think about their world, mm-hmm. what matters to them. Right. Um, I wish I would have done it more, but one of the greatest joys that I had with my daughter mm-hmm. was um, when she graduated from Oakland in teaching, she had to go for a job interview and needed to get a suit. Mm-hmm. And so I told her a dollar amount, and her and I went to Lakeside Mall, mm-hmm. and she started looking at suits, and I could tell she wasn't really happy. And I, I said, sure. you know, Jamie, what, what do you really want? Uh-huh. And there was one in one store, is a little above the price range. Right. And so actually the way I took her shopping was I would sit outside the store <laughs> because I can't go from rack to rack. Yep. You know. But I found as a dad that, that shopping experience, um, and I multiplied it after that, and multiplied it with my grandgirls, um, you know, give them a cash amount. Mm-hmm. I can sit outside the store, drink my Starbucks coffee, mm-hmm. relax, enjoy myself. They can shop. Love they that. come out happy. When they find what they want, Grandpa goes in and pays for it. We're good to go. They've oh, yeah. had fun. I've had fun. It's okay. all good. And yeah. you have the little conversations on the drive yeah. there and back. Yeah. It's, it's golden. Yeah. It's good. All right. So any other ways that you brought Jesus into your family, Harry? I know. I know I'm well, you know, ways. part of me, hindsight is always 2020. Uh-huh. Um, we've been blessed uh, we all go on a family vacation every year up to Port Austin, mm-hmm. and we've got cottages together. The last probably four or five years, so you picture maybe 15 years of not doing it, <laughs> I've intentionalized a devotional time mm-hmm. and make it kind of fun. 
And um, so every night, you know, Grandpa picks a theme, and we, um, I kind of lead them in the devotional time. Mm-hmm. And um, when Grandpa asks questions, if they get the answer right, they get a dollar. <laughs> I you know, it's all bribes, but That's you know, great. I mean, you That's try to help. That's what grandpas do. They give out dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Like one year, uh, the devotional time was based on memory verses, mm-hmm. and uh, they got a reward, financial reward for saying the memory verse. So you've got um, eleven kids, even a little, little guy. If he'd get through like three words, mm-hmm. you know, four, four words, he'd get get the cash gift and. Yeah. So they would have a day to learn the memory verse, and then that night we'd, we would talk about it. That's so great. You know. Those are going to be memories they always have with them, too, and so yeah. precious. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. So yeah. good. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on today and, you know, sharing your wisdom with us. And if you've liked this, um, like and subscribe, and we will be back for another interview soon. Have a great day.